Alrighty guys, welcome to another Messy Mom Bun Monday. I am here with two of my favorite people. We've got A.R. Hathaway who was here a few weeks ago with her book. Hello again. Uh, and that was called How to Twin. Loved it. If you haven't seen it, I will post the link below. And then I'm also here with Megan Shaw, one of my favorite high school friends. And I'm pumped to have her. Hello, thank you for having me. Yes, so just so you guys all know, uh, Megan is out there in Arizona living her best life and I'm out here in Idaho with AR and we are just fucking freezing our asses off because it's cold <laughs> here. Um, but yes, we have a couple of really super awesome things to cover. We're going to start anywhere from, you know, kids and their discipline all the way to the fun things that Megan has going on in her life and the things that she has done that have even helped inspire this podcast. So this is going to be a super, super fun time so we're just gonna spill the fucking tea we're gonna spill tea all up in it megan <laughs> is <laughs> megan is are you ready strapped in oh i'm ready uh, ar hathaway oh yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> all right well so a lot of people think that the term because this episode is going to be called one size does not fit all and a lot of moms and people in general i think are gonna think that this is about weight and like <laughs> sizes of like shirts and pants and shoes and shit. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> Let me just pop my tea pinky and tell you all about what we are really talking about. So there's something really special about both of you. And there's a reason why I asked you on this segment. And it's because uh, Acacia, your daughter, has a physical disability. Mm -hmm. And Megan, your son has a mental I, w I don't know. Is it called a mental disability or would it be just called like a, I don't know. Um, I, I would consider it, if you'd have to categorize whether it's mental or physical, I would say more mental um, yeah. than than anything. Not saying that he is mental. But, right, no. You know, <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. It's more, um, it, it has to do with his mind. So yes. Yeah. So uh, basically like one size fits all right so there's so many terms for everybody because you know everybody's different but for us too it's perfect because we're sort of opposites right whereas right. my child is actually impeccable mentally she is just completely behind and physically and then it's you know the other way around for you megan right yes exactly so what I want to touch on really is, um, first of all, if you don't mind, what are your kids' names and ages? Just so that the listeners kind of know what age group they're dealing with. Oh, so you will go ahead first, Megan. <laughs> um, Levi is four. Uh, his birthday is July 26th. Um, he's, he's four, but he, uh, he has autism. So he has the tendencies of about a two-year-old. Oh, wow. Okay. So then what about you, Acacia? Uh, my daughter's name's Ella. She's seven. She'll be turning eight in June. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. My son's birthday is June 26th. So mine and your son are like almost exactly four years apart. That is so adorable. <laughs> When's hers is June what? June, June 19th. Oh my gosh. Oh, they're 
they're like a week apart. That's yeah. so cute. <laughs> um, okay, so I really, oh, I want to know stuff about like your routine. I want to know kind of, so like, Acacia, you kind of touched on that on our last interview on how important being on a schedule is. Oh, yeah. So is there anything like specific that you, because you and your daughter, like I noticed like you let her go to bed at nine o'clock. Because if she doesn't wake up, like if she has to wake up at like eight for school or seven for school, whatever it may be, she's super cranky. So like you, every time I come over, stick to a schedule. Oh, yeah. So like what would happen like if you're, if something was to go like off? If she doesn't get to bed when she should, obviously she's going to be tired. Uh, so when I wake her up in the morning, they actually have, uh, children like her actually have emotional issues right a lot and so it 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 just oh my goodness it's like insane. raising a 13 it's not it's yes it's not <laughs> like coming in and Jeez. saying oh honey i know you're you're sad but we gotta get up and we gotta you know you should have went to bed on time it is a full-blown tantrum yeah and i'm screaming and she's screaming and so what we've done is we've come up with this schedule so it works for us so she goes to bed at nine and the reason for it being nine is that it's a little later and it makes her feel sort of like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm the oldest. I yeah, because be she's able got to have some three-year-olds. You know, she, she feels special. Plus, yeah. she doesn't need that much sleep. So she right. goes to bed at nine. I wake her or I wake up early. Right. And slowly wake up myself so that I make sure that I'm in control of my emotions. Right. I go upstairs. I sit down and I let her wake up slow right and she actually has her clothes on for the next day oh wow. already, already on well you know what's funny she is very like oh my gosh red because she calls me red and it's so sweet but she <laughs> oh has told gosh. yeah she's so sweet and she like uh she's told me like oh yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna wear this outfit tomorrow and i'm like oh cute and she's like yeah i'm gonna go to bed and i'm like oh so she like it's like comfortable to her and i just think it's really funny um, but yeah, and I think that's crazy because like, you know, it's super normal kid routine, mm -hmm. right? You know, like, and if it was a little bit off, it's not like the end of the world. I mean, yeah, her day might start out a little bit more rough. Yeah. But like, whereas opposed to Megan, I feel like a schedule with your son is a lot, lot different as far as like, you have to stick to it. So like... Like, how is it with yours, with your four-year-old? Because, I mean, not only is he younger, but, like, he also has autism, so. Yeah. Um, schedules with him, are, yeah, it's not even necessarily the schedule. It's just you have to keep everything that you do with him has to be comfortable to him. He has to be familiar with it. He has to have experienced it um, in order for him to be able to respond positively to it. Um, almost to the point where when I go out to lunch with a girlfriend, we go to the same restaurant every single time because mm. Levi is comfortable oh, wow. at that restaurant. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that makes sense. So, yeah, so, um, uh, you know, we get up in the morning, the first thing we do is we, we get right up and he wants the TV on. So I turn the TV on for him every morning and he watches cartoons and he wants the same breakfast every single day. I can try to cook him something else and he won't eat it. He oh. wants a waffle every morning. A waffle. <laughs> so every, every morning 
Oh, every morning he gets a he gets a waffle and yeah, at least it's not like fucking like bacon, eggs, and hash browns or some crazy right? shit yeah, like that. Crazy. He um, he wants a waffle and um, yogurt or applesauce or peaches or some some kind of little side to go along with it. Um, and uh, and so that's what he gets in the morning. And we get up and we play and we go outside and we play with the dog. He helps me feed the dog in the morning. Um, yeah, we do all running around for the day. Uh, he's not currently in school. So I have him 24 seven, you know, I, I wake up with him. I spend all day with him. I go to bed with him. So it, um, it's a, it, it is a lot. Um, but it's it, the, the schedule thing is what really keep, makes it, makes it easy. He, you know, when we go to Walmart, I, I take the same trip every time we go, we do groceries and then we get, you know, whatever we need from the other side of the store afterwards. And then, and then we're out of there and we're back home <laughs> and, um, just trying to trying to keep everything, you know, time frame. He eats dinner around six. He gets his his sleeping medicine um, around seven. He gets his bath. He gets his jammies, and then he's in bed. And he's not allowed out of out of bed after he gets out of the bath. He has to go to bed. Oh um, wow! So yeah, it's it, if I let him run wild and and keep going and keep going, he doesn't get tired from from running around, it'll actually just kind of trigger him to want to keep going. Oh, wow. So I have to physically put him into a point and keep him in bed. So he knows this is what we're doing right now. You're not going to get up. We're not playing with toys. You're not hungry. You had dinner. You had everything you need. It's time for bed. And just re redoing that over and over and over until he realizes, okay, you know, this is, I guess it's time for bed. (laughs) Okay. I guess I have, I should just go to bed. So I I do have a a quick question though for you. Is so you know at a certain age babies hit where they will sort of fight sleep because they want to be awake because of all the you know joyous things they're seeing but they're but they're so tired so it makes them cranky. Is that sort of the is that sort of what he's going through in you know in in his head or is it something different? He will talk himself to sleep. He will he will mumble because he doesn't speak yet. He doesn't he he can't express anything through words. Everything he if he's hungry, he grabs my hand and pulls me to the pantry. Or if he wants a drink, he pulls me to the fridge. Or if he wants to go outside, he pulls me to the back door. He doesn't, um, he doesn't speak at all yet. Um, so, but when we lay in bed, um, he'll just kind of jibber jabber and, and fight it all the way until he physically cannot keep his eyes open anymore. Oh, wow. So, um, and it's, I didn't know this until we took him to a sleep therapist. Um, autistic children don't produce nearly the amount of melatonin as the average child does. So it makes it extremely difficult for them to relax and actually get to bed. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. So we um, we have him on a nighttime regimen. And that's another thing that his sleep therapist said is nighttime schedule is key. If you get him off that schedule, he's going to think he you know, can, can do anything he wants to do and that he's in charge. You have, you know, he has to know that he's not in charge. He doesn't make the rules. Um, at nighttime is a quiet time and, and go from there. And, um, so it's, it seemed to work really well. He, um, takes, uh, takes a medication every night to help him sleep. Um, it's kind of a, like an anxiety medication for children. Oh, okay. And it kind of just like mellows him out and gets him to not be, um, 
so agitated or um, or anxious, better yet, and right. uh, and it's and it's really helped. So he used to not go to sleep until about midnight or one in the morning every single night, and now I've been getting him down anywhere between eight and nine. Wow! Oh, wow! There you Sweet. go. Yes. yes. Alexander yeah, goes to bed around pretty, pretty nine too. Proud of for that, actually. So uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it gives because before I'd have no time. You know, I by right. the time he'd, went, he'd go to bed, I was exhausted. I didn't even I couldn't even shower. You know, now I get at least a couple hours before I need to go to sleep um, to do you know the things that I need to do, whether it you know be do post any makeup looks or hair looks or anything that I've done throughout the week that I haven't gotten to post or um, something as simple as just being able to bathe myself and oh my god yeah (laughs) right but didn't I put that in my book right yeah no literally it's in her book yes yes it's all about yeah my book again it's like simplifying your life so that you do have time to do those things and that's why schedule is so important (laughs) like Put your kid to bed. It really is. Like, you don't think about it, and you really don't think about it until you have kids, that a schedule doesn't only save your children, but it saves you. It it really does help everything. What the fuck, dude? For real. Before kids, I was like, oh, I can go to bed whenever I want to. I can binge watch Grey's Anatomy. I can do whatever. No. Oh, hell no. I do not know. I am sleeping or maybe I get a shower in twice a week. (laughs) Like for real. I thought that was like a fake thing. Like people just say that moms say that just to scare you. No, it's real. Just so so all y'all pregnant women know that shit's real. (laughs) Enjoy the showers while you can get the naps. The naps. Oh God. The naps. Yeah. Um, It's struggle. Yeah. But you know what? Um, Something that's really cool, too, is that uh, not only have you guys uh, experienced, like, you guys are experiencing almost the same thing, but 100% different. It sounds, so. it's like an oxymoron, honestly. So, like. Yeah, the struggles are there. It's just, yeah. they're just different struggles. Right, exactly. So, like, like, with Acacia, so, like, a big thing that I've always said, the whole reason why I wanted to do this, too, is because, like, Acacia's daughter who I and everybody else knows is absolutely freaking gorgeous. Um, she has a rare disease. What's her disease called? Well, cause I never remember what it's called. Yeah. Well, nobody does. Right. It's, it's, it's not, it's not no, cancer. It's because like, it's so long. Yeah. It's focal dermal hypoplasia. Yes. That's right. Fast guys. Now the shortened version of that is actually called Golt's syndrome. And it's hard to say because it was, it's the last name of the man who actually founded the disease. Uh, it's G-O-L-T-Z. Okay. Or you can say F-D-H syndrome. Right. Yes. Yeah, so basically it's a very, very rare disease. Uh, it's, she's missing a gene basically. And the gene has everything to do with skin. And right. so she's, she's, uh, she's got problems with her hair, her teeth, her nails, her skeletal system, her organs, just everything that could, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, that's a skin is is everywhere. Everywhere. Yes. That's, it's the biggest organ on your body. That's crazy. And it's Mm -hmm. funny because like, well, it's not funny, but like, to me, I think it's crazy that like the first time I met her, she talked so well in full sentences and so happy and just like ruler of the roost that like, 
when I saw her, I didn't think, I thought like, oh, she must be fragile. Oh, she must be like super quiet. Cause like she is tiny. She yes. is. She's little. They are little people. Yeah. And her, and she, you know, she's got like some hair missing, but like she is clearly a spunky like little girl like when you really and it doesn't take long to know like you talk to her for like two seconds and you're just like oh shit okay so there's nothing mentally wrong with this girl right but like but you had told me basically yeah when people see her yeah they'll see her hearing aid they'll see her size they'll see the balding on her hair they'll see her teeth right her her low ears they'll see all the physical aspects of her and if they haven't heard her talk they will assume that something's wrong in her head also yeah and so they will treat her differently like the bus thing you should tell them about the bus thing how uh she like wasn't allowed to get off the bus until you got there the the yes the bus driver actually will let children off her age and younger without their parent there but not me like they she, I don't know. They treat her. They treat her like a, a porcelain doll. Right. Yeah, because you have to like hold her hand while she like walks down the stairs yeah. of the bus. Yeah. It just. That's it's crazy. Well, and I'm sure that makes you feel. And I, like, I don't want her treated that. I want her treated like like everybody else. Right. And she just has to learn how to work her way around everything. Right. If she can't do it that way, then learn to do it a different way. Right. Well, and then Megan, yours is kind of the opposite. Whereas like, you know, people will, you know, like they'll see your son and he, oh my God, he's so cute, by the way. Like the (laughs) cutest kid I've ever seen. He's so spunky. Like he's so edgy and I love it. And uh, because he's on his little like BMX bikes. That's so cute. (laughs) Um, And um, I, you know, you look at him and honestly, I would have never guessed that he had autism. Have I yeah. ever have I ever spoken to him? No. Have I ever seen him? I've seen him like once in passing, but like I've never actually been around him enough to be like, oh, okay, so he's you know he doesn't talk as much as like a regular four year old would. But like mm-hmm. you were telling me the other day, how like you know sometimes that's difficult because you know some people ask you some pretty uncomfortable, not uncomfortable questions, but they kind of approach it in a not it's, so yeah, positive way. More almost more like comments rather than questions. Um, Because I think like, especially out, you know, out in public, if he does have an episode, because that's fairly common for him to Mm, have an episode, whether it's um, because we're at a restaurant that he's not necessarily comfortable at, or if we're leaving, you know, a park, like, um, and it makes him upset. He, he throws a fit that wouldn't be, you wouldn't necessarily like socially acceptable well just because to any other child it wouldn't be a big deal like oh we're leaving the park we'll come back tomorrow like I can say that to him but he doesn't understand so you know he'll throw himself on the floor he'll kick his shoes off he'll you know grab my hair or do something to where you know it seems like he's he's he and he is overreacting but to him he's not right but everybody else looking in they think oh my gosh like she's obviously not a very good mother. She obviously doesn't, you know, discipline her kid or something. Yeah. Doesn't discipline her child. Doesn't, you know, teach him, you know, proper manners or, or this, that, or the other. And it's like, no, it has nothing to do with that. I've tried very hard to, to discipline my son and to show him right from wrong and the proper emotions and the proper attitude to have and the way to view things. But it's difficult 
to do that to somebody who sees the world differently than you do, you know? Yeah. So, and like drastically um, differently, like not just, oh, yeah. like I'm colorblind. So <laughs> some colors like don't look like other colors, but this is like, I watched that video that you had posted and I was like, mm -hmm. wow, to think that like when I walk down the street, I'm just walking down the street, like yeah. whatever, it's no big deal. But then like seeing how potentially an autistic person in general would, would see view the world, just view the world. I was like, wow, that is intense. Like that's intense. And to think a child having to like compose their feelings and like try to sort out how they're actually feeling in that moment. I mean, that's like impossible. I mean, even adults sometimes can't do that. So to think that like a four year old, right. you know, I feel like that would be hard for you to discipline in public because it's like people are staring at you being like, Oh, she should spank her son when mm -hmm. it's like, well, yeah, I could spank him, but that's not going to get him to stop fucking screaming. You know, yeah, like no, but why, why do something that's going to harm him and make him scream more, uh, you know, and it, it, discipline is such a, it's such a broad, there's such a broad spectrum because what is acceptable for one person would not be acceptable to the other parent, to another yeah. parent, Yeah, you know, exactly. so disciplining in public in general is a huge controversy for sure. And, um, I try, I try not to do, you know, everything in, in public I do is very verbal, um, and not that I spank my son, you know, like, you know, all the time, but it's, it's a thing, you know, you, you do something wrong, especially something dangerous. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to give you a yeah. little swat and let you know, Oh, if you do that, you're going to hurt yourself a lot more than my little swat just hurt you. Oh, you know absolutely. I mean? like, <laughs> right. So it's, you know, it's just, there's so many factors when it comes to, to discipline and to disciplining children who don't understand even why they're being disciplined. You know, it, it's different for a child who knows like, oh yeah, you know, I probably shouldn't have thrown my food on the floor, but to, to him, when he's done with his food, he, he takes it off the counter and sets his plate on the ground. I don't know why, but that's just what he does. When oh. he's, done <laughs> he's like, I'm done with this and I'm going to leave now. You can have that. You can have, you can have that. We've, we've always, you know, tried to redirect him and say, no, no, when you're done, you, you put it in the sink or you do this, or, you know, you have to ask to be done or, you, you know, but right. so many years of doing that. And he still just puts his plate on the floor. <laughs> it, it, it's not. It, pick and it, choose your battles, right? Yeah, you got to pick and choose your battles, man. And at the end of the day, that's the, that's the only way you're going to stay sane. Right. You know, well, so in a case is that really that big of a deal that he does that. No, that's not a big deal. So I'm not going to, you know, fight him. On. <laughs> I'm not going to spank you for putting your plate on the ground. No, you know, yeah, shoot. No. It's not like he's smearing it into the carpet. No, no, exactly. Oh, jeez. So. But yeah, no, it's a, and, and that is a big controversy. And I'm going to say right now that I am pro spanking and I don't care how many people just stopped listening because I said that. But, you know, I got spanked plenty when I was a kid and I turned out just fucking fine. Honestly, I probably turned out better because I got spanked because I was a little shithead. You know, as mom, I'm going to speak up, though. Okay, also for the woman who don't, don't believe spank. in spanking. Okay. Okay, fair. Because I, I spank, but then I also don't spank. I use I have maybe multiple seen you spank forms. your kids one time. You know why, though, is because I have multiple children and every single child needs a different type of discipline. Exactly. They will Jeez. never act the exact same. I am never having another I child. Will, <laughs> I would spank 
my boy and put him in the corner and he'll look at me like, yeah, that yeah. didn't hurt. You know what I mean? And like, what else? But I'll put my, now? I'll put my daughter in the corner and it, she has a meltdown. Oh God. Yeah. I, yeah, I bet. So like, oh, so what are some things that, okay, so we talked about disciplining a little bit. And by the way, I'm not dissing on moms who don't spank. There are so many different ways of disciplining. And I'm sure we all three agree that like, there is no, exactly what this whole podcast is about. One size does not fit all. One discipline does not work for every single person. Like you find the yeah. universal discipline trick Please that just know. makes kids <laughs> listen. Like you just fucking let us all know. Okay. You comment below or call and in. Like, oh, and it depends on the child too. Like, you know, right. there'll be days where I'll, I'll like clap really loud behind Levi and be like, you don't do that. You know? And then other days I'll just have to look at him and just say no very firmly. And he's right. like, all right. I and he's you. like, all right, all right. Ma, my bad, dude. Like, I'm eventually not, it doesn't work and you have to evolve. On, it depends on their mood. It depends on <laughs> oh, what yeah. the circumstance is and the severity. Even the, of the person as well. Yeah. Oh, like for grandma, sure. Mimi could walk in and they're completely happy. Like they're. Oh, that's like I mean? when they come to Red's house. <laughs> Not the first Red thing they say when they come to Red's house, they go, Red, they walk right past my husband. Then my husband, yeah. it's not my, it's not Nick and, it's not Uncle Nick and Auntie Red's house. It's just <laughs> Auntie Red's house. And um, they, uh, they're like, I'm hungry. And in case she's like, you literally just had Arctic Circle. Right. Or like, I just cooked you beef stew. Like what? And they're like, sandwiches. Oh, yeah. But like, God forbid if I'm ever <laughs> to be like, hey, we got really nice walls for sitting in my house. Real nice walls and corners to put your nose in. So quick. Oh, dude. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I said that, they'd be like, <laughs> yeah, right, they, mom. <laughs> they just like run everywhere. And I'm just like, hey. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry, Red. I won't do it. Or they'll be just like, okay, I won't do it. No, or just like run away. Like it's so weird how like because they know me as Auntie Red and I'm all fun and we do whatever because duh, I just let them do whatever they want. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm not their mom. That's the fun part about being an aunt. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's all what it's all um you know who you the know th is. their mental capacity. It's, right. It's the situation. It's the person. It's what did they do wrong. It's all of those. There's so many fucking things. It's a formula that goes into the type of disciplining. Now, do I agree with any sort of abuse, any sort of like using objects to fucking like hurt your kids? Absolutely not. Like a belt, maybe. Because I got the belt a lot and that shit fucking hurt. But like, I didn't but do you it were again. older as well. Yeah, well, I was a little bit older too. Yeah. Like they weren't fucking hitting me with a belt at like three years old. Like that was not a thing. I got smacked on my hands, you know, like stuff like that. And if I ran out in the middle of the parking lot, yeah, I was gonna get an ass whooping. You know, and, and that's just how it is. Um, so the other thing that I wanted to touch on is how we cope. Like how, as in like, so like Megan, when your son gets disciplined or maybe he's in a very, uh, not complicated situation, but just not a familiar situation. Like how does he cope? You know, because some people have, like, nervous tics where they, like, you know, rub their head or they, like, tap their finger and stuff like that. Like, does he have a specific, like, coping mechanism or do you have, like, a phrase that you maybe say in your head to, like, get through the whole, like, okay, he's screaming right now. 
but it's, it's going to be over soon. Like, I just need to get through this, you know, cause it's hard for you too. Yeah, of course. Well, Levi, um, he covers his ears. Oh, he, he takes his hands and he covers his ears and he just kind of tries to get into his own world and his own little zone. Right, there you go. He oh. takes, he takes away one of the senses. That's probably yeah, oh, yeah. right. So, um, so yeah, so he, he covers his ears when he's uncomfortable and it doesn't, um, necessarily mean because he's uncomfortable with whatever noise that he is hearing. Um, it could be completely silent and he could, you know, just a leaf could blow in the backyard and it made him uneasy and he'll cover his ears. It, it could be oh, honestly wow. something as simple as that. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, but, but yeah, when, when we're in public and, and something like that happens, it's, um, it's really hard to keep your cool. Um, but that is honestly the best way to get through it is to just relax and tell yourself it's going to, it's going to blow over and just try to ignore everybody staring at you. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'll, you know, I'll try to hold him. I'll try to, you know, preoccupy him. I'll try to, you know, I'll even give him my phone. Yeah. I'm that mom. He has my phone at the restaurant. Tell me <laughs> that's just what happens. Um, <laughs> if that, you know, what, what I got to do, he's, he knows how to work YouTube better than I do. So Shit, he could probably set this mic up better than we did. <laughs> and he's four. You know, if that's, if that's what I got to do, that's what I got to do. And I don't, I don't try to make myself feel guilty for, you know, oh, he's, he's just on my phone at, at the restaurant while he's eating. You know, that's just kind of the way the world has become these days. And um, if it helps me and it helps me get through a 30 minute meal and, and let me have a conversation with an adult for a Absolutely. little bit, then I don't have a problem with him sitting on my phone. You know, yeah. so it's, again, it comes, you know, hand in hand with the pick your own battles thing, right. you know, it's, is it really that big of a deal that he's sitting on YouTube watching bubble guppies so I can enjoy, you know, an adult conversation with a girlfriend? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of the best thing that, that I, that I do just tell myself it's, it's it'll be done in a minute, you it's, know, just fuck everybody else. Keep your eyes on your own. Fuck everybody and, else. I need to put that on a shirt. <laughs> Hashtag fuck them. <laughs> with an em <laughs> but like and so like acacia i'm sure you know and i i don't i think i've seen ella have a meltdown before but i've never really seen it over something that she couldn't have it was more over her toes hurt or like her everything stomach hurts. hurts like everything hurts and she knows she can always come to me or she can always go to her teacher or an adult that she you know she trusts to, to tell him, hey, I hurt, you know, she doesn't just hide it. Right. Well, that, you know, sometimes that's not a, as a good thing because she'll come to me with like every little scratch. But over the years, I've explained to her what's a scratch and then what really needs taken care of. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and I've used some things uh, like pretend medicine and such to actually see if she was right, in pain right, or not. Right. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? To, to you know, because I don't want to pump my kid full of uh, medicine if I don't have to. Right. Well, and with her yeah. condition, you know, it's yeah. not like she's just getting fucking like Tylenol. You know, like if she's really hurting that bad, I mean, maybe they only give her Tylenol, but with her weight, 
you have to be so careful. Oh, I have to go. Yeah, I have to go by weight. She's yeah. seven years old and she's 34 pounds. So, and that's oh. the other topic I wanted to get into is like having, like finding people to babysit your kids. Like it's kind of like a mini topic because like Acacia's a stay-at-home mom, but she's got a lot of shit going on. So like my last episode, she had needed to go get Santa gifts. And so obviously I was going to watch her kids because she's like, it kind of takes the magic out of Santa if I, <laughs> if I have the if kids. I bring my me. children with me. Yeah. 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 My so, mom used to make me hold on to the shopping cart as she went down the aisle. With her eyes closed. We never knew it was Santa's gifts in there. We just thought it was, you know. Gifts. Gifts. Right. Well, and, and so I wanted to talk about that too. Like, what is the struggle of like. Not necessarily finding someone to watch her kids because I'm sure, I mean, I always jump at the opportunity to watch her kids. And I'm sure if I was in Arizona, if you were like, hey, Court, can I drop off Levi for like a few hours? I'd be like, um, yes, but bring toys because my kid's way younger and I don't have no toys for him. You know, like, you know, and um, how do you guys go through that? Like, you know, like with Ella, she's got medical stuff, but with Levi, yeah, mine, he's got other stuff. Always, first and foremost, I leave numbers oh, that okay. they can contact whoever in a case of something different, which is most of the time what happens. It's something that doesn't that I don't cover in the letter because there's so many things wrong with her. Right. <laughs> so, I'm like, okay, so bad. Do not give her a bath. <laughs> basically, just give her a sponge bath. If she really needs a bath, then it has to be a specific way. Right. You know, uh, and pain if it's really that bad. This is how much the dosage that you need to give her. Uh, this is this is the types of pain that she could have if it's something else. You need to let me know because it might be something kidney worse. reflux or something coming back. It's that's it's so crazy. everything. Yeah, uh, it's um, yeah, and then I have to basically you know give them the rundown of what's on her body to begin with, so they're not like, oh my goodness, how did that get there? Right, and they don't yeah. tell me about it because they're like, I'm so sorry. You know, that was there before I got here. Kind of. Right. And you're like, don't worry. <laughs> no, I it know. was. Well, it's like, no, don't worry. It's okay. Yes. And so. like, well, like Megan, what's like your process of elimin- of elimination? Um. Well, it, like you said, everybody, you know, is like, oh, I'll watch your kid. Oh, I'll watch your kid. Oh, I'll watch your kid. Um. But when it comes down to it, you have to sit and think, well, yeah, you could watch my kid, but could you handle my kid? Right. <laughs> you know, and um, that's that's our biggest process of elimination when we have to decide a babysitter is, you know, if this were to happen, do we honestly think that they would be able to, to handle the situation and take care of it? Um, so we don't have very many babysitters. Um, Levi's dad's family, that side of the family is all in California. Um, right. And then I have family kind of scattered all over you know, the country. So we're, we're pretty much, you know, I don't want to say alone because we have a couple of people we can rely on. Um, but it, it is very, very difficult to try to find somebody that you feel comfortable enough to spend time with your child. And most of the time I don't take him places. I have them come to us. Right. Yeah. Um, strictly just because of the comfort fact, you know, he is more comfortable in his own home with his own toys. He has all of his food. He knows where everything is. Um, so just for that fact, and then to have it, trying to find somebody that is willing to come to you is also another struggle. Um, you know, so, but you know, we, we have a couple people that, that, that we rely on, but as far as, um, you know, because I, I, so many people do those babysitting sites and like ew that, no like, that's freaks scary. me out man like 
that freaks me out too. Any moms that do do those, I mean, you are a brave soul, but there is, I just, I could not get myself to do that. Dude, there's too many horror stories. (laughs) No way. Daycare, man. Like, shit, dude. I'm not even like stoked to get him into, like I am for like the, the time that I'll be able to have as like, a woman and not just a mom but at the same time like I'm just so it's nerve-wracking to hear about some of the stories that happen at daycares and I am not one of those moms that would just be like oh let me call a lawyer I'll be like I'm gonna go fuck this person up real quick (laughs) I know right (laughs) you're a fucking hardcore bitch like you would fuck someone up Oh, that's funny. And you know, you would like look at this girl like Acacia. You've never met Megan, but like this girl's like five foot nothing. And she's like a hundred pounds. And <laughs> she is like, I mean, like the most beautiful blonde hair you could ever like just picture like a supermodel blonde hair. And that's oh Megan. God. That's Megan. Like for real. And she's been that way since high school. But this bitch, like, you fuck with her family, and I feel so bad for you. <laughs> I feel she's like one of those that, where they're like, oh, it's the small ones you have to watch out for. No, that's fucking real. <laughs> that's real. Oh, I swear. Yeah, little ones are crazy. Um, uh, and she's blonde just... on top of it. So, like, blonde and small and, and a mom. Like, that's just... Don't fuck with her. Let's just put it that <laughs> Call me Karen. Yeah. Okay. You are so, you are like, yeah, you could be a Karen. I could see it. <laughs> you could be a Carol, like off of like, uh, what's that, what, what's that TV show called? The Walking Dead or what's it called? The, the yeah. Zombies? The she could Dead. be Carol. Dude, that bitch is crazy. Or like Michonne, you know? Anyway, but, the, you know, another really cool thing that I wanted to talk about too is that, uh, you know, you guys both do a lot of stuff on the side. Like, and it's not even on the side. Like, it's in the center of your life. So, like, not only are you raising kids or a child in general, but you're also in the process of doing, like, your own thing. So, last week, we talked to Acacia about, um, you know, the book that she was writing. And she just recently told me that her daughter is doing something pretty cool right now. She actually, yeah, she actually wants to write her own book. Because she said, yeah. So, um, yeah, we're in the process of making her a cute little um, picture book. And it's pretty much all about going to the hospital because she visits visits it so often. You know, and right. I, I, she really wants to like comfort other children that also, you know, happen to have to go to the hospital all the time. Right. Yeah. Well, How and, amazing. Yeah, she's she's super cool. And then, um, so I, because I wanted to definitely punch that in here because Acacia's kid is, and that's why it's so hard for me because I have now been in public with her and her children before a few times, and it's kind of like. Why do you treat her like she is a porcelain doll? Like that baffles me uh, because I know her, you know? And so that that's why I wanted to start this whole thing. And that's why I thought it was, and you had put with the animation that had played with that video, you had, it was like, I wish that more people would understand that he may look like a normal four-year-old. Like he may look like that, but it is not. Like you cannot just like run up to him and be like, oh, Levi, like, you have to, he has to be comfortable with you. And I feel like a lot of people may just 
they might be afraid to like ask. Whereas like you were like, oh, well, it's not asking, it's more comments. And that's what I hope to get across from this too, is like, instead of making more comments towards people with kids who may be different or just towards any mom in general, like maybe just think about it for a quick second. Like maybe you mm -hmm. don't know the whole story. Like maybe yeah. this person looks a certain way or the situation may look a certain way, but it is not always exactly what it seems. And no, you can never judge a book by its cover. Cause like you said, Levi looks like the average typical, you know, four-year-old little boy, but you know, you go up to him and try to say hi and he'll look at you like he speaks a different language. Right. Um, so it's, and you know, he, he isn't potty trained yet because it's hard for him to communicate with me when he has to go to the bathroom right. and you know, he can't tell me what he wants to eat. He can't tell me what he wants to watch on TV. We spend more time me guessing the Netflix show he wants to watch than us actually <laughs> watching the damn show. <laughs> but at least he has an idea of what show he wants. Like usually we all just flip through all <laughs> and never make a choice yeah, no, and just end up on our phones. He'll, he'll, I'll set the remote down and he'll go, no, 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 no. And he'll hand me back. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not the okay, one. Let's try this again for the 12th time. That is, um, dude, that is fucking funny. Is no, 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 no. You're like, damn it. Like, he sure knows that word. That, that uh, word. Uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Not the magic word. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> and you know, okay. So something that I wanted to touch on too, is that like, okay. So with your daughter, Ella, immediately after she was born, it was kind of like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. For me, mostly nobody, right. nobody told me anything. Uh, well, the only thing we knew is and to begin with was a, I had stopped growing and she had stopped growing and nobody knew why. So we decided to take her a little bit early and they're like, yeah, you, you know, you live far away anyways. Let's just induce on this day. And, and you know, mm -hmm. and everything was going smoothly. I thought, I mean, I was in labor for from the evening of Sunday until Tuesday morning. Uh, she just wouldn't come out. <laughs> so you know, from, from a long labor and I was dealing with it. Okay. But then they came in and rolled me over, rolled me over, said that her heart rate was dropping and they were afraid for her. So they explained to me that they needed to make uh, you know, do an emergency C-section and I'm like, okay, that's fine. Right. You know, we, uh, you know, I've, I've, You're like, I'm I've ready. looked, I, I've, I've seen so many videos, you know, I'm like, right. this will go just like the videos. Right. Shoot. No. Well, you know, to begin with, it did, you know, they put, they drape the, the cloth, you know, in front of you, you got the doctor there, you've got your significant other there. And then, you know, they pull your baby out, you know, and you expect to hear a cry. And I did, I heard a beautiful cry Aww. for like two or three seconds. And then she was just like, Oh, Oh, like, oh. Just deal with life. Like, oh. <laughs> it was like, a, oh, you know, and I thought that was amazing. And then I waited and they, you know, I, they never kind of showed her to me. And I was like, I'm a little upset, you know, I'm like, they're supposed to show me your face or, you know, let me, 
just just let me see her for a second before they take her and then i'm like is something wrong right because nobody's saying anything to me when i ask them or you know let me see her and i looked at my husband because they had let him look over the drape as they pulled her out you know as a you know right a baby kind of a thing and uh his face was just a sheet oh like, no I, I had no idea what was going on i was super afraid because he would not talk to me everything i was telling him he would not he just wouldn't answer and i asked the doctor next to me that i knew you know was coherent what was going on and he was just like oh you're you know everything's fine and i know when every when somebody says everything's fine some shit's about to go down fine. yeah yeah so basically he takes off my husband takes off and the doctors take off the nurses take off there's a few people left cleaning me up and rolling me back to my room and that's it no what nobody told me anything oh that's crazy whereas before five or six people had told me hey we're gonna have a c-section and then nobody's giving me any information at all and all I see is I see my mom walk in the room. She's surprised that it took like five minutes, you know, for the C-section <laughs> to happen. So she's surprised, you know, oh my goodness. And she's like, where's the baby? How's the baby? Uh, what does she look like? Do you know what I mean? And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, I, I don't know, mom. And I'm starting to get her worked up because I'm worked up and I don't know where anybody is. And right. then finally my husband walks in and he comes over to me. He gives me the biggest kiss on my forehead. And he says, she's beautiful. Oh, that's all I needed. Right. <laughs> I was, I was completely comforted. And after that, I was able to deal with the doctor walking in and explaining some things that were wrong with her and what he thought it was and that it's okay because she's alive and they're figuring it out and right. that she's in the NICU. <laughs> it was, yeah. So it was, it was, it was a bit of a shock, you know, cause it's, Right. How did you cope with his that? words kind of kind of faded away? But I think with everything else you deal with in life, you know, with with losses of family, with with car crashes, just anything big in your life, you kind of you go through it sort of in shock for right. a little bit. And then it just becomes the norm. Right. And I you don't ever remember that the line between when it was shock and when it just became normal. Right. I, I don't remember. Right. I, it just, just was the way it was. Well, so then what about you, Megan? Because I mean, you can't really diagnose autism at birth. And even when they get diagnosed, it's like, it's such, it's a process. And I don't necessarily know the process, but I mean, I'm sure you're literally in the middle of it right now. Yeah, well, we started kind of assuming um, that, you know, he could be autistic. He was showing, you know, autistic tendencies and, and things when he was about, probably about two, two and a half, he still wasn't talking. Um, he was, he, and he was very late with everything, late walking, late, late crawling, um, you know, and it, and didn't, it just, it kind of all started to add up. Um, and then when he hit three and he still wasn't showing any, he really just didn't, wasn't showing any more progression. He just kind of was staying the same. Right. Um, and that's when we, you know, 
was, were talking to his pediatrician about, you know, what, what would we have to do, um, to, to get him screened and to find out, you know, and, and start taking the proper, um, steps to, you know, getting him to live the most normal life he can live and, and, you know, and, and such. And so she said that we needed to set up, um, a screening to get him diagnosed with autism. Um, and I did that a year ago and his appointment still is not until February of 2020. Oh, it's coming up though. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's coming up, but it's, it's, it's been over a year and, wow. um, it's exhausting, man. Like just waiting and waiting, and waiting and waiting because there are certain things that I can't do for him and can't get yeah. him enrolled in and can't get him started with until I even have that diagnosis. Oh, so it's just, tough. get it's pushing him back and pushing everything a little bit further, a little bit further until, you know, this finally comes and it finally happens. Um, right. but, um, but I've pretty much, you know, I've already come to terms and, you know, I, I, I deal with our day-to-day -day life the best that I can. And, um, my biggest thing that I try to remind myself every morning when I wake up is I just, I tell myself I need to be patient. You right. know, I need to, I need to be patient and I need to be understanding and I need to realize, you know, and accept that things are different and that's okay. And I try the best that I can and I do the best that I can every single day. Um, and the hardest part is when you see other children, his age or even other children younger than him, you know, out and about and doing things, you know, and you, you just, you wish your child was doing those same things. And, right. and yeah. it, it's kind of scary at the same time because, um, they don't under, he doesn't process, um, fear or danger. So he doesn't understand running in the street is dangerous. He doesn't understand that the oven is hot. Um, he, you know, uh, I oh, can have geez. a candle burning and he could, you know, he will try to touch it. You know, I have to everything. I still have baby locks on everything. I still have everything. You know, I light a candle. It goes up on the highest shelf. I, you know, I can't, I, I am cooking something in the oven or on the stove. I cannot leave the kitchen. Um, wow. you know, because he doesn't under, he doesn't understand like, oh, I can't touch that. Oh, I can't, I can't run in the street. Oh, I can't do that. You know? So right. it's, you, it's just something where you constantly have to be on top of him. Um, and it's, it gets exhausting. It's tiring, man. That's like, hard with, you know, one kid with one parent, all tons of things happens, like kids drowned and stuff just because they were away for two seconds. And yeah. then yeah. you take that, you know, with like your son and he's like, you really have to keep an eye on him. And that's like super hard. Like that can be so, I can only think of how much, you know, stress that is on your, on your shoulders. Well, and he's just so curious. And, you know, I love that about him because he wants to see everything. He wants to try everything. He wants to understand everything. Um, but you know, he could, when, when he was young, he was probably about, probably about a year, about, about a year old, because a little over a year old, because he had just started walking. He didn't start walking until he was about 14 months. Um, Holy shit. He, uh, he's, when he started walking, he burnt his fingers on the oven door. Um, when a relative was pulling something out of the oven, he came up behind it and grabbed it and burnt his hands. Oh. And even, even after something like that happening, you know, a couple of days later, he still would try to go up to the oven. Oh, and so it just doesn't register in his mind that 
that hurt me before. I shouldn't do that again. So it's just kind of scary to have to, you constantly. know, like yeah, constantly it's, keep it's, it's it on. Very, very constant. Yeah. That's but, um, so much. but as far as finding out, you know, when I, I've kind of already come to terms with that. So when we have his diagnosis, when we have his appointment and they do his screening and they give his evaluation, um, I don't think I'm going to be very emotional or upset because I kind of already know. Um, so, and like you said, it's not something you find out right away. It's not something that, you know, like Acacia, like when your daughter was born, you just, you already knew, like, this is something that I've kind of had to like work towards. Um, which I couldn't even, you know, I couldn't imagine your situation and, and there's such a, there's such a wide spectrum also with just yes. autism in general. Yeah. Yes. And with not even just autism with any kind of disorder, like there ranges so many things that could go wrong and, and that are wrong. And there's so many different ways to handle them and to view them and to accept them. And well, right. You Cause you're, to, you have to accept it. <laughs> so you're like about to find, so this is almost kind of exciting for you and your and um his dad um because you guys are about to find out what spectrum he's on is really mm-hmm. what you're about to find out and so i feel like that is going to help you guys so much to figure out like oh okay so this is what's going on because like yeah. pediatricians and, and more, more so this is what we need to do like yeah. right my biggest thing is i want to know what i can do and what i can improve to help him thrive more. So once I find out exactly where he is on that spectrum and exactly what, you know, what I can, what I can do to help, help him flourish or flourish. Like that's what, that's what I'm most excited about because the more I can help him, the more he's going to exceed. And then, and that's what I want to see. Yeah. And then that's what really about this is it really scares me the parents out there who don't know what their child has. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's scary. Um, I'm not going to name any names, but I do want to express um, a family that I had found at a conference that we go to, the National Foundation for Ectodermal Dysplasias, which is nfed.org. Um, they actually handle all of the... Uh, science and everything behind and and, and the research and and everything and and the funding for so many ectodermis dysplasias but most importantly ella's because there's only 400 cases in the entire world so it's so rare but because it's so rare some parents have no idea what their child has no idea what they can do for him no idea what resources they have at their fingertips And this specific family lived with their son for 14 years before they found out what he had. Before they found out all those tools and everything that they could have used while he was younger. The support from families that knew, you know, what he had that they could have used support from them. And and the foundation in general for support. And it, it just worked me up you know, seeing her worked up about not being, not knowing all of all this. And it, that's why I just, I feel like it's so important 
to, yeah, to, to finally find, you know, finally get that diagnosis, even if it's like an X, X syndrome, I guess they would call right. certain syndromes where they don't have a name. Do you know, I mean, it's just, it's so crazy to think that there's no resources out there. Right. Well, and that being said, like, what are some of the support tools that you guys use? Like, um, I know that Acacia, you use um, Facebook, Facebook, right? <laughs> Obviously, Megan, you use Facebook too, but like, I mean, I don't know if y'all would go to like meetings or anything like that. I'm sure there are some moms who do. And like no, you said, but, there's events and stuff, but other parents going through the almost the same exact thing is I think the best educational tool for me. Oh, yes. okay. Yeah. Same for you too, Megan. I, I agree. Yes. Yeah. And is there like, do you guys have any mom groups on Facebook that you're doing that are specific to your child's like specifically with ectoderma, ecto, I'm, gonna work on that word <laughs> ectodermal dysplasia something i got some of the words no um i mean it's just like a like a nice little private group for all you know the the mums and 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 everybody uh together but if you wanted to like get more information about it uh nfed.org actually has little stories Oh. And you can go read about every, oh, you know. Every... Can we just touch on the fact that her daughter, Acacia's daughter, is literally the face of this disease? Like, you <laughs> look you it Google, up on Google. You Google it, she'll be like the fourth she image, is, yeah. yeah, she's like literally the poster child of this fucking disease. <laughs> oh That's, that, I'm trying, yeah, it's. For real, it's that rare. It's like, very rare, yeah. It's. And, like, Megan, do you have any specific mommy groups that you have joined? Or, like, I know that me and you are in the AZ mommy group, which I actually just left because it's so much fucking drama. Um, oh, my goodness, no. Right? Um, no, but that, that's all I have. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I haven't really done any more research on finding any other groups. Um, I, uh, I have some family members who also have children with autism, so I have them that I'm able to reach out to or speak with if I if I need to so that's been a big support for me um but I agree with just talking with other people who've experienced the same things as you um or similar you know things it is probably the biggest help yeah and that's more for like support and then for like recreationally I there's also Facebook groups for like special needs children in general right and Mm -hmm. so you know how you take your it's so fun. You take your kid and you go to a Christmas party. Well, you know, mothers and fathers, you know, with pe- children that are disabled, like right. they can't deal with the music or the lights or, you know, and so, so groups like this, they'll actually, you can actually like get together and do a party that's, you know, catered cater to cater the disability. To yes. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's really neat. And, uh, yeah. And, um, I, you know, and I love talking about kids. I do. I love kids. And I, I am a mom who was told that their kid was going to have all these things wrong with them because an ultrasound photo showed all the shit that was going to go down, which I will get all into in my four part series coming in January. Um, but when it comes to like you guys, the fact that you are going through this and not feeling like, oh, well, this is it. Like now my whole life revolves around this because this huge thing is happening, you know, like, cause it's your kid, you know, and the stigma is 
you know, when you have a kid, you are a mom and that's your job and that's what you do. You know, whereas you two and me, you know, that's why this podcast is special to me because I try to interview the moms who really go above and beyond to not only just be good moms. And when I mean good mom, I don't mean like you buy them every fucking thing that they want or, you know, they have the newest iPhone or Or they act perfect or they act perfect perfect and they have fucking manners, whatever. Like what I mean by that is that like you guys are still very much living your own dreams and wants and needs as women in general you know and um acacia we talked to uh two weeks ago about uh you know her book and how she was able to write a short story while raising these twins and a seven-year-old with special needs and married and all the photographer and a photographer and digital (laughs) art and like all these things and so um i was happy to have megan come on the show so happy to have you on the show because you um Oh my God, like you do so much. You just, you just graduated cosmetology school, um, but you've been doing hair for a while, right? I mean, it yeah, seems I've, I've like it. I've always had, you know, a, a thing for, for beauty and hair and makeup and, and all that. So it was just kind of, kind of right. about, about time I went to school for it. Right. Well, and like her, your makeup is so cool like and i'm gonna post links to to everything i'll post links to acacia's book and and um post uh her pixel art website and things like that and with megan man her your makeup is insane like it's so cool and so realistic that i'm like man she should be working on the set of a fucking movie set like holy (laughs) shit this stuff is yeah where the movie, yeah, you think that the actress or, you know, the actor in the movie doesn't have makeup, but they do. Right. Yes. No, subtle. Megan. Yeah, for real. Or like the Chainsaw Massacre where they got limbs falling off. Like, Megan. <laughs> seriously. Nice. Like, she's amazing with the makeup and she's really great with blondes because uh, I've seen all her blonde videos because I'm like, oh, I wish I could do that ashy blonde shit, but I can't. <laughs> I can't do it out of a box. I can tell you that much. Oh man! <laughs> you know, and yeah. she also. No, I've, I've really, I've really enjoyed getting into this industry. Um, I love, I love doing the special effects makeup, all the gore, all the you know liquid latex and the wax and the blood and all that. I, I really enjoy. I think I enjoy doing that more than just about anything else. You can um, tell it's, it's so good that I do, but, um, but I do, I do love doing that a lot. Um, it's kind of weird and, you know, I get some, you know, you either love it or you hate it. Well, you and know, you gotta, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna post your, uh, do you care if I put your Instagram information below? No, please do. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm going to post her Instagram stuff and dude, look around her Halloween stuff. Like she does, she just did. Like the other day, or even today, the candy cane through her nose, and I was what? just like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> oh no! And it's all—I know. I'll show you. I definitely see, got. And Acacia's got because Acacia's into some weird shit like that too. So y'all would be friends. We're already friends. That's the tea, ladies. Um, that's, the tea. <laughs> that's the fucking tea. Is that all of us are friends? Um, but uh, yeah, and she okay. So Megan also did this uh, shoot called Love Everybody. I would love everybody, like B-O-D-Y, which I thought, Body, yeah, yeah. and she had posted this thing. She was like, looking for models, any shape or size, and I was like, well, my husband was like, you should do it. Like, you're pregnant, but like, whatever. She said any shape or size, and I was like, uh, and this is coming from, like, I used to be extreme, like, 
and I say used to be lightly because it's still hard for me to under like to fully understand that I am not the same person that I used to be before I became a mom. And it's been really hard to kind of scale it back and realize that like, okay, well, you're a mom now. So like you have to be on a schedule. You have to make time for yourself and not just make time for your friends because they are not going to make time for you. You have a kid to work around, you know? So like that's been super difficult, but when, but the biggest thing was my body. My body was changing. Like it was going from, I mean, I was at, I had requested to be in her shoe probably when I was like 15 weeks pregnant, 15 to 20. And then, uh, her shoe was a couple weeks later and I was about 30 weeks pregnant and holy shit. My belly was way bigger than, (laughs) do you remember that? I I was like, so good. I was like, well, it's not really, it's not really that big, but like I am pregnant. So I do look a little different. You're like, Oh, you're so cute. I want you because you're pregnant. And I fucking, dude, that was crazy. And I fucking got there and we were stripped down to our underwear and our bras. And you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> oh no, I knew about it. Like it was oh, full okay. of no, She's not like inviting people to be like, take off your clothes. Okay, like everybody. You know? <laughs> no, she was. Yeah, no, I, yeah, it was, I, I had a vision and I'd been wanting to do it for a long time. Um, and I knew I wanted to do it with the photographer I had lined up. Um, and so I, and I told everybody, I was like, this is what I want. I want everybody in black bra, black underwear, and we're going to be in the desert and we're going to be fully exposed. And, um, and this is, and I don't care if I, yeah, I don't care if you're tall, short, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what size you are. It doesn't matter what color you are, your ethnicity, your background, anything. I don't care. I want you. And I want to show every beautiful part of whoever you are as a person and I would just wanted to raise the confidence in in some of these women that you could tell wasn't really there and the coolest part of the shoot was in the beginning when everyone was meeting up before you know everybody even stripped down like you could tell that people were a little bit uneasy they were a little bit nervous and and then even more so after we took our first layer of clothes off and uh, and we're standing there <laughs> took underwear. a few shots while <laughs> i smoked a little <laughs> weed but it's fine <laughs> you know it was you could tell that everyone was a little nervous the first you know 20 minutes taking pictures but by the end of that photo shoot i do not think we could stop smiling and stop laughing because we were just having the oh my genuine time of yes. our lives so fun dude it turned into like a maternity shoot for me like towards the end everyone was touching my belly everybody wanted to have a like a sh- <laughs> i was like yes touch my baby <laughs> i love it it was so fun and i love that and like that goes into it too like before this shoot so before this because this is what kind of sparked the podcast was the fact that like i was like you know what like megan has a son and she's uh, her son is four And like, I am brand new to this whole mom thing five months in. And I was like, man, how does she fucking do it? Like, how does she have time to do it? And after I met you, I was like, how do you have time to do this shit? You got (laughs) twins and a seven-year-old, like, holy crap. And, you know, it's been so inspiring because like Megan even did something before that Love Everybody shoot was, um, I believe it was Ink Magazine, right? And it was for the cover girl. Yes. For Ink Magazine. And you got far, you got super far in that competition. I did. I did it twice. Um, the second time around, I didn't do as good, but I kind of assumed I wasn't going to do as good. You know, people, 
it, it was all based on, you know, people you know going on and voting every day and you can only expect people to do that for so long. Right. Um, that, yeah. But the, uh, the first time I did it, yeah, I got, it, it was a I did it every day competition um, and I got in the top 500 out of the world. Yeah, so in the entire cool. world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. I mean, obviously it would have been cooler to win, but. Well, um, right, but, but you got to like the, you were like in the top like fourth round like you had went I, yeah I was in top three yeah 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 you were my, so out of my category so um but yeah it was it was a really cool experience and doing that is what actually um triggered getting into doing some of the modeling stuff and I don't categorize myself as a model I don't think I'm a model um I don't get paid to do it it's just something that uh I found that is kind of an outlet for me that really makes me feel good. Um, you know, after you have a baby, your body doesn't look the same. You don't feel the same. You don't think the same. You don't act the same. Everything changes, literally everything. A hundred percent. So when, you know, when I was in front of the camera and, you know, taking these photos and getting these images back and I just was like almost in shock, like that's me. Like, Oh my gosh. Like, I don't, I don't, when I look in the mirror, I don't see that. So like the fact that somebody could capture how I wanted to feel and how I wanted to see myself in an image was really, really cool and really, really helped me with my own self-esteem and my own confidence. And yeah. that wanted, I wanted to bring it out in other people. So that's what is, but that's what really inspired me to want to do the love everybody shoot was because I wanted other people to be able to feel that. And everybody is beautiful. Everybody has something that is beautiful about them, whether they see it or not, somebody else sees it. And it just may take a little bit more to, to get it out of you. Right. Love is in the eye of the beholder. Yes. <laughs> uh, so yes, I am going to end this episode on that awesome note because holy shit, you guys, we're an hour and almost 20 minutes into this episode. Oh longest gosh. episode, longest episode we've had, but you know what? It was 150% needed um because this was a really big topic and i hope that every person who has read this and has heard this um understands that one size does not fit all doesn't fit all diseases discipline anything that you could think of it is not the same every child is different every mother is different everybody is going through something different yes and everybody needs to be a little bit more compassionate towards one another and really with the world being the way that it is these days i mean spreading love is so important and i'm not saying let your guard down obviously keep that shit up because duh you still need to protect yourself but that being said don't be too closed off and don't judge a book by its cover and um that is our messy mom bun monday episode i love you all so much and have an amazing night